0: Scripture this morning is taken from the book of Hebrews. You can either follow, I think, up here, or you can look in your Bible. Hebrews chapter 9, and we're reading verses 24 through 28. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Praise the Lord. As We
1: um, continue in our theme of the cross, to look at the cross, we're going, going to look at sacrifice, and, uh, you, you know, it kind of goes without saying, right? The cross, uh, for us as Christians, is the symbol of our, of Jesus' sacrifice. Uh, Hebrews is, um, Hebrews is one of those books where it's best to read some of the Old Testament before you get into Hebrews because it's a reminder to the reader and to us this morning, that everything that was done in the tabernacle and done with the high priest was ultimately fulfilled in Christ. That is why none of us have to die on a cross for someone else's sins. None of us have to go, you know, find a a goat or something to sacrifice, right? Right? We don't live like that anymore because the scriptures tell us that in verse 28, Christ's death was a one-time event because it took care of all of our sins once and for all. So this morning, we're going to take a look at what does it mean to say that, that Jesus sacrificed for us. Last week, we talked about the word ransom and how Jesus paid a ransom for us. And if you think about it, if you've had to pay a ransom, which is, you know, paying to rescue someone or something, really, you're sacrificing. You're giving something up to get something for that price. You've sacrificed. You know, in our country, we have certain days, uh, holidays, that we think about sacrifice. Uh, we think of Memorial, Memorial Day, right, in May. Uh, when we think of our armed services, those who died, um, you know, we say that they gave what? The ultimate sacrifice, don't we? And then you think of November 11th, we think of Veterans Day. Uh, there's a there's some research that has been done. Uh, when you think of, uh, it used to be called, uh, uh, let me find the word so I don't, Say it wrong, and I probably will still say it wrong. Armistice Day is that right? Armistice. See, I told you. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I didn't say that. Uh, so this is not about World War Two. Actually, this came about in World War One, and I'm you know I'm just going to go on a uh, a dare here and say I don't think anyone is still living from uh, who who have fought in World War One. Because World War I ended uh, in the early 1900s. The war ended in 1911. The war had been going on four years, and this, the research that was done says nine million soldiers died. Now, that's the, that's the total, okay? Nine million soldiers dead. Twenty-one million wounded. Germany, Russia, France, Great Britain, each lost a, around a million soldiers. These are lives. These are souls, right? The United States, just to put that in comparison, lost 116,000, twice the number killed in Vietnam. That's a lot of people giving what we consider the ultimate sacrifice. All wars create sacrifice, right? Right? That's why we honor armed services, uh, people who are in in the armed services, Veterans Day, Memorial Day. But you know, what we read in the scriptures, when we think of Jesus, Jesus really ended the war of all wars. And to do that, he was sacrificed. You know, again, going back to Genesis 3.15, where it says that that uh, you know your seed will will come about, and he will uh, he will trample the serpent, and the serpent will strike his heel. That was a declaration of spiritual warfare. And so we celebrate during these weeks, but that have wow, they have really Lent has just passed by this year. You know, you know you're getting older when you say, "Man, this year's flying by," but it really is. It really is. We're already in the middle. Of March. I know it doesn't feel like it, but tomorrow officially is spring. So when you turn your heat on and you get your large coat out to go out tomorrow, just know it was today, that day is spring, right? But when we look at this sacrifice that Jesus makes, and the writer of Hebrews says that it was necessary for him, uh, and he talks about even in the earlier part of chapter 9, the idea that the, the sacrifice that was made Uh, once a year by the high priest. And in fact, even the high priest who was not perfect and sinful had to wear on his ankle a little uh, bell, if you will, that would make noise so that if he went into the Holy of Holies and he had a bad thought or evil intent, sinfulness, he would drop dead. Folks, I am thankful for the cross this morning because we don't really think about, we don't put into terms, we're so far away From our uh, Jewish brothers and sisters in the Old Testament, that to understand, to to truly understand what it means that Jesus gave his life once for all, if you were a Jew, you would have just taken a deep sigh of relief. Because truly, when Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. It means for hundreds and hundreds of years, maybe a thousand years, they they went through this process of sacrificing. Lord only knows how many animals. And you know what? It was never enough. That's why they had to do it every year. But going back to World War I, in fact, a few years ago, there was a movie made of this man, Desmond Doss. Desmond was in, uh, in World War II, but he was a Christian, and he was, he, he was one who refused to even touch a firearm. He wouldn't even work on the Sabbath. He enlisted in World War II and became a medic. One person said he just didn't fit the Army's model of what a good soldier would be. His battalion considered him a pest. They saw him as a slacker and threw shoes at him while he prayed. But at Okinawa in the spring of 1945, Doss and his company faced a grueling test. They had to climb a steep cliff and face thousands of heavenly armed soldiers. He climbed the ridge and crawled dragging wounded soldiers to safety. Many of you would know uh, of the movie Hacksaw Ridge. The movie is based on him. He saved, just himself, he saved 75 people. The whole time he was going up and down that mountain to save people, he kept saying, Lord, please help me get one more. The soldiers who had shamed him now praised him, and his captain described him as one of the bravest persons alive. President Harry Truman awarded Doss the Medal of Honor in 1945, and then about 70 years later, the movie Hacksaw Ridge, portrayed by an actor, showed his, his sacrifice, what he was willing to sacrifice. You see, this man didn't have to give his all. He didn't die. The Lord protected him. But today, we celebrate, and every day, but especially these weeks, we look to the cross. Again, we have made the cross a beautiful symbol, right? I mean, it's a pretty one behind me. Some people wear it as a necklace. But let's put it in our Western culture. Would you walk around with an electric chair necklace? No. Would you put uh, the picture of an electric chair in your church, no. But you got to put in mind, and again, our understanding of the Old Testament helps us in this. That's what that is behind me, is a death chamber to a Jew. Especially because of the Romans. Again, I, I could stand here all day. I'm not, don't worry. Now you may say you can stand here all day, but I'm leaving soon. But this was the Roman execution. They perfected execution. Think about the word execution, crucifixion. It all kind of, it's got a, not a nice ring, but you see how it connects. In fact, crucifixion was so horrible, okay, uh, that they actually came, there was no word to describe the pain. So they came up with a word. And it sounds like crucifixion. Have you ever said, Man, I couldn't sleep last night. I was in excruciating pain. The word excruciating is actually a made-up word that they came up with to describe how someone would feel on the cross. So when you get a toothache, it's not excruciating, right? When you stub your toe, it's not excruciating, Now, you may say, yes, it is. You don't know. But the death on a cross, in fact, it was so bad. The Jews would say, cursed is a man who hung on a cross. That's in the scripture, right? The motto of veterans or people in the armed services is leave no man behind. Jesus' motto on earth was for whosoever will. His sacrifice draws, compels, and attracts us. What other God in the history of the universe dies for those that will worship him? In fact, the gods that I've learned about outside of Christ would say, you've got to die for me. I'm not dying for you. Jesus turned the tables. He said, I'll die for you. Jesus' death destroyed him who holds the power of death. We know that, right? Jesus, in, in his death, and, and we are told this, that he went down and preached to those who lived before him. went down and, and took the, the keys of hell and sin and death. And so for us to stand here, or any preacher to stand at any, in, at any moment on a Sunday morning, and not somehow involve the cross, Or Jesus, into a sermon, is not doing its listeners any favors. Everything about what they did in the tabernacle, everything about what Jews did, it was all symbolic to say, ultimately, there's one coming that will fulfill all of this. Jesus even said, I didn't come to abolish the law, I came to fulfill it. And so we come every Sunday morning, we come on the Lord's Day to celebrate See, every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday for us. Every Sunday, we celebrate the death, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Christ. Going back to the Scriptures, it says, uh, and I just want to read some of this from the uh, earlier part of the ninth chapter. Verse 2 says, For there was a tabernacle prepared, the outer one, in which were the lampstand and the table and the sacred bread. This is called the holy place. Behind the second veil there was a tabernacle which is called the Holy of Holies, having a golden altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant covered on all sides with gold in which was a golden jar holding the manna and Aaron's rod which budded in the tables of the covenant. And above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. But of these things we cannot now speak in detail. Now when these things have been so prepared the priests are continually entering the outer tabernacle performing the divine worship but into the second only the high priest enters once a year not without taking blood which he offers for himself and for the sins of the people committed in ignorance. And then in, in later on that verse 8 he the writer says this is all a symbol For the present time, accordingly, both gifts and sacrifice are offered, which cannot make the worshiper perfect in conscience, since they relate only to food and drink and various washings, regulations for the body imposed until a time of reformation. But when Christ appeared, verse 11, as a high priest of the good things to come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation, and not through the blood of goats, and calves but through his own blood he entered the holy place once for all having obtained eternal redemption. If you went back to Luke chapter 22 where God or Jesus is about to celebrate the Passover, right? What is the Passover? Going back to the Old Testament, the Passover was where uh, the the Jews would celebrate God's miraculous exodus. You remember that book, Exodus, out of Egypt. But what does Jesus say now? Jesus says, now when you eat the bread, think of me. Do this in remembrance of me. You see, in in all of this, Jesus is not a passive victim in this plot against his life. Luke 22, 7 through 20, these verses show that he is accomplishing God's plan. Jesus takes the initiative in planning this Passover meal and shows control over the details as his words of instruction are fulfilled exactly as he said they would be. You see, at one time the Jews would eat the Passover to remember the children of Israel and Moses. And now Jesus is saying, the next time you eat this meal, I want you to remember me. I want you to remember when you break that bread, it's it's a symbolic Uh, symbol of my body being broken for you. God's people will take bread not to remember the deliverance from Egypt, but to remember Jesus and the deliverance he accomplished on the cross in his sacrificial death for all of us. Jesus reinterprets the cup to show that this represents his blood poured out in sacrificial death for his people to establish the new covenant. Jesus' death will be both uh victorious and sacrificial you see everything that we read in in this book everything points to one person Jesus Christ everything everything that, that the high priest would do in the tabernacle even even the tabernacle itself and what was laid out and the the, the that they would have to wash their hands and that they would have to eat certain things Foods, all of this was symbolic for what, for who, not what, but for who was to come. You see, his sacrifice allows you and I to speak right to God. See, it just, we're so used to this, it's common, and that's good, but that's also not bad, but we need to understand how good we have it. That you have access to God, And I have access to God because of what Jesus did on a cross. Never, ever lose sight of the reason why you have total access to God at any moment, at any time. You don't have to come to me. Now, yes, you can come and say, would you pray for me? Absolutely. But I've even said to people, and they shake their head, you know, you can pray too. My prayer does not have special magic to it because i'm a pastor it really doesn't nothing wrong with having your pastor pray but i want you to know the bible tells us that all of us every one of us who are who are bought by the blood of christ have the same access to god every one of us that doesn't matter what your status is or what it's not And these verses remind us this morning, that is why we celebrate, I know it sounds strange to say we celebrate the sacrifice that Jesus makes, but friends, when you put it all together and you get a better understanding, and again, this sermon is not, you can't do that in a sermon, you can't even do it in, in a Bible study, but over the years as you read God's word and you begin to put the puzzle pieces together you will see that everything was about this this moment in time. This moment in time where Jesus sacrificed his life for us. Um, In fact, if you go to the the scriptures, you ever wonder, and it's important to know this, everything in scripture is there for a reason. Now, we may not understand the reason, uh, but we can learn and we can research but there's one thing that I never thought about and it was why does it tell you and me the time when Jesus died what does it matter well it does matter it matters because that at during the the, the very hour that he cried aloud and and you know his the body uh, the scriptures say that you know, his, his spirit was taken, or as the good King James say, he gave up the ghost. At that very moment, the high priest would have been slaughtering a sheep. See how the light just came on? So that ultimately, that lamb on the cross was the ultimate sacrifice. And never again would anyone have to sacrifice an animal? You know why? Because because it had been done once and for all. The perfect, the perfect sacrifice had finally been made. You know, I love, probably one of my favorite verses or stories in the scriptures is that Resurrection Sunday. Uh, I would have loved to have been one of those men on the road to Emmaus because it says that that Jesus... He, he must have gave them the greatest Bible lesson of all time when he explained the Scriptures to them so much to where they said, hey, man, don't leave. Stay for supper, right? And if hey, you know it's going well when somebody says stay for supper, right? It's so good, we're going to feed you. But he had fed them a meal too. He had given them whatever he said. We don't know what he said, but something tells me he put all the puzzle pieces together. And when they saw him, they realized who they were talking to. Friends, it's important. You and I need to understand we are New Testament people, but we are New Testament people because we understand the Old Testament. Don't ever think the Old Testament isn't needed. The Old Testament is the guide to help us understand how important Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is and was. It may take a little time, takes a little effort on our part, but believe me, it is amazing to see these puzzle pieces come together in Scripture when you realize everything is there for a reason. And that ultimate reason is for us to understand how important the sacrifice of Jesus is for, for each of us. That's how you have access to God. He is the high priest. He is greater. In fact, the whole book of Hebrews is just a reminder to to Jews that Jesus is greater than any other Old Testament prophet. He is greater than Moses, Elijah, John the Baptist. You remember those were conversations that were being had when he was alive. He is greater. He is the only one that could have died because he was perfect. And even right now, as I'm preaching this sermon as i'm delivering this message the bible tells us in hebrews that he is praying for you he is making intercession for each one of us isn't that amazing i don't know what he's praying but it doesn't matter i just know he's praying for you the greatest high priest of all time has god's ear and he's got your name whispering it to his ear Friends, that's, that's all I need to know. Somebody once said, would it, would it mean anything to a minister if he stood up in front of 10,000 people if he knew that one, his congregation was praying? And the man said, oh, absolutely. He said, well, then how much more to know that Jesus is on his throne making intercession for every one of his children today? He is, making, he is the great intercessor. In fact, the Bible says when we don't even know what to say, God's Spirit intercedes for us. Friends, that's why we celebrate and that's why we take pause every year and should be every day for the sacrifice that was made for us. Because in that sacrifice, everything came together. It didn't come apart. It came together. That's why Jesus could say, it is finished. Because no one else could have said that. None of us could have died. We could die, but, and you can die for someone's sins, but it's not going to count because it's already been done once and for all because the perfect sacrifice was made. And so now as we live our lives, we'll never make a greater sacrifice than what Jesus made. We're going to sing together, not in your Red Song book,